Before we jump into the latest episode of Freelance Pod, have you heard about our first live podcast recording? That's right. Freelance Pod is going live in front of an audience. We'll be at the London Podcast Festival in September. You can join us at King's Place to watch me make an episode of Freelance Pod with a very special guest. He's a Syrian refugee, a journalist and a stand-up comedian. Abdul Sahan will join me on stage for the event. Here's a clip from episode 30, Being a Refugee is a Dream Come True, where Abdul explains the absurdities of the life in the UK test, which all prospective British citizens have to take. One of the sections in the, this test is about British values. And there was one of the, one of the uh, things about British values, the ability to laugh at yourself. And, and I didn't realize, like, okay, the, the, the ability to laugh at, at myself, does that make me British? And there was another one, there was a question, actually, a mock test, asking you uh, what, which one of these are British values. And it's going to the pub, um, eating fish and chips, laughing at yourself, or having a university degree. I said, well, obviously not having a university degree, but the rest of them, the three of them could be, any of them could be British values, like have eaten fish and chips, while you're at the pub and laughing at yourself. That's it, I've cracked it. Uh, please give me the British citizenship now. If you'd like to hear more from Abdul Tahan, come along and see him interviewed on stage by me at the London Podcast Festival live recording of Freelance Pod. It's happening on Saturday the 7th of September at 2pm. The venue is King's Place, King's Cross, and you can buy tickets for under a tenner at www.kingsplace.co.uk forward slash what's dash on forward slash words forward slash freelance dash pod you can also find out more about the london podcast festival on twitter at london podfest or one word let me know if you're coming along to my live recording i'd love to see you there on to this week's episode so yeah and i've not presented anything before like i said i've done some comedy and i was still doing stand-up comedy quite frequently at that time so i was used to being like and I find being on a radio mic so much less scary than being on a like stand-up comedy mic, even if that stand-up comedy gig is like four people. Um, I do enjoy it, but I don't know, there's something I find radio a bit safer. Hello, and welcome to Freelance Pod. My name's Chandrika Chakrabarti, and I'll be your host. Freelance Pod tells stories about creativity and the digital revolution. I've been a journalist for 13 years now and a podcaster for nearly two, so I've seen a lot of the changes that digital has brought to the media. I've also trained a lot of people on how to deal with all those changes. I'm now freelance and juggle a number of jobs myself, writing for different audiences, making audio, teaching, speaking, presenting. It's a classic portfolio digital career. On each episode of this podcast, I ask a person who works in a creative field to tell me about how the internet has transformed or invented their job. From Twitter's director of curation to Ed Miliband's podcast producer, along with a few appearances from some guy called Charlie Brooker, we've been hearing brilliant stories about how the internet has revolutionised work and, well, our lives. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts and why not tell a friend too? This helps our community grow and that enables me to keep making Freelance Pod. You can also sign up for the Freelance Pod newsletter, which comes out every time there's a new episode, which is about every week. You can find the newsletter at sachandrika.substack.com. Sachandrika is spelt S-U-C-H-A-N-D-R-I-K-A. So that's sachandrika.substack.com. 
The podcast is also on social, of course, and I do love hearing from you, so feel free to get in touch. You can find it on Twitter at freelance underscore pod underscore. It's on Instagram at freelance pod, all one word. There's also a Facebook group. Just search for freelance pod. The podcast isn't officially on LinkedIn, but you can find me on there too. I'm Sachandrika Chakrabarti, and I do share all that juicy freelance pod content on there. So on to this week's guest. Hello, it's me. I'm speaking to you from my balcony on Bank Holiday Sunday when it's gorgeous and hot and sunny. And it's a bit quieter out here than my flat because I put the washing machine on. Oops, not the best time to record links for a podcast. But anyway, just wanted to add that um, I interviewed Amanda a few weeks ago and she very kindly invited me to BBC Broadcasting House in Oxford Circus in central London. And we went right to the top of the building and um, sat out on the terrace. So there is some traffic noise and it was a bit windy up there, but I think you can hear us well enough. And uh, yeah, it was great to speak to Amanda and ask her all about podcasts and comedy and her dog. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy. My name is Amanda Lizard and I am the producer and presenter of Podcast Radio Hour from BBC Radio 4 Extra. So my background, how I got into everything, I was very lucky in that I got on a BBC production trade team in 2013. And when I did that, I originally thought I wanted to go to TV. Um, so I applied for it out of uni. I went to St Andrews and I did medieval history. Useful for all jobs. Um, so yeah, kind of like the opposite of radio. Uh, so I had like no real skills at all in terms of like production of like TV or radio. I had done a student radio show, but like kind of didn't take it very seriously. And I didn't really, I was just joked around. I did a lot of comedy at university. I was in a sketch comedy group. And that's kind of what I um, like doing the most. And I thought I wanted to go into comedy TV. Um, and I still do some like stand up and character comedy, uh, but I've kind of not had real time to do that in the last sort of year or so since I've been doing podcast video. Uh, but it's uh, still a thing I enjoy. But anyway, so I was thinking I wanted to really go down the comedy route. And so I applied for the training scheme um, and I got on it, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, they, when I did it, you did placements in TV and radio. So I did a placement in arts TV, firstly, and then they made me do one in radio. And I was like, oh, we're going to hate this. Oh, no. Um, but I went on the Chris Haggis Breakfast Show and I helped them with 500 Words, which is their children's like, storytelling competition. Really hated in telly, kind of, even when you're just being a runner, just standing around and retaking things over and over again. Like, I just can't be bothered. I just want to, like, get it done. Um, so obviously radio is perfect for that. Um, I can I can still be a bit slapdash sometimes. I have to try not to be. Um, like, I'm like, come on, get some wild track, like retake things. Like, because I just want to like get it done. So um, this is like 2013 ish. Yeah, 2013. I think TV like, audio was not in people's minds, was it? But TV no, was the thing. Exactly. And I honestly never would have thought I wanted to go into radio, um, but I just loved doing it. And then so then my third placement. It was meant to be in TV, but I got it changed and I worked on from both for a few months. And that was great experience, just kind of, because it's a magazine show and you get to see lots of small features and they really do just kind of let you get on with stuff. Um, well, that, that was great. Things, front row? Front row, yes. Yeah, I'm really cool. Um, so that was great. And yeah, then after that, like this all sounds very simple. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, I, have, I know I've been really lucky in being able to get 
things quite smoothly. So then after I did that training year, I then did a year placement at Radio 4 for Extra. Uh, so, and that's what I do now, basically, I've been doing the same sort of thing for the sort of past like five years. So for Extra, I, this is before Podcast Radio I existed, I made trails, um, which is actually a real skill uh, that people don't kind of realise, just being able to kind of package something into like 40 seconds and get across what the programme is and encourage people to listen, uh, but without being boring. Um, it's actually really difficult. I'm not one of the best trail makers. There are some people in our team who are incredible and I don't know how to do it. Um, it's really good, but it's, yeah, it's really good kind of training of audio editing and um, also compliance, knowing what you can and can't say. Um, so that's good and definitely a thing that I think some people don't really look into as a, I didn't know it was a fun area of the BBC that exists, but um, it's a really good one for learning skills, I would say. Um, and yeah, so we also make for extra, which is a pre-recorded station. So we record all the continuity announcements beforehand, and then kind of stitch it together like an audio jigsaw, which is quite fun actually. Um, and then I also sometimes it's a yeah, the wrong this job is like all over the place. But I also do some uh, to producing a radio for, which is kind of supporting the continuity announcers and newsreaders, um, and kind of being put in charge of anything goes wrong, which Dutchable doesn't. Was figuring out how it could work and I was like well you know maybe a couple of podcasts I'd recommend them like oh, we forget to host it and I was like I mean I could, I could host it and I was like um I mean I mean maybe maybe I could host it and have some guests in and they were like yeah sure that'd be fun and I was like oh just so you just ask you just ask and you can get things so that's great um so yeah and I'd not presented anything before like I said I'd done some comedy and I was still doing stand-up comedy quite frequently at that time so I was used to being on a mic and I find being on a radio mic so much less scary than being on a like stand-up comedy mic, even if that stand-up comedy gig is like four people. Um, I do enjoy it, but I don't know, there's something I just find radio a bit safer, to be honest, because I feel like people are at home, know what I'm doing. Uh, but to be fair, at first I was really nervous. I hate the sound of my own voice at first. And um, people who are sort of doing some pilots and stuff, I'd be literally sitting there like, physically cringing, being like, oh no, please don't. Whereas now, I've done some trails for some of the programs and stuff and I sometimes do announcements and things just because I am under 45 and a woman who is vaguely regional I guess um, they get me to do a lot of stuff for BBC Sounds um, which is cool um, and yeah I love doing it I love doing voice stuff and so that's what I'm doing now and yeah so the program just kind of developed from that it started off as being I would pick I would have a guest in so, for example, I got Deborah Francis White on the first one, and I've actually back a few times. But Deborah came in, she picked a podcast, her podcast was Griefcast. We then interviewed Carrie Ann Lloyd, Griefcast, and then I picked a podcast, which was this one called um, Rumble Strip, which is like a really little niche one in America about this woman who lives in Vermont and just goes in and interviews people in her town. Um, yeah, so that was like the first, that was the first ever one, and it kind of had that format for a while of guests would come in, they'd pick a podcast, I'd pick a podcast, and then that's it. And now I kind of, I'm really trying to do a bit more kind of industry stuff, like look analytically at things that are happening. Um, you know, I've covered events like the podcast awards and festivals. I'm trying to get out and about and do stuff regionally and like go out to different cities and see what's happening. Um, and yeah, I've started doing like a monthly one where we recommend loads of podcasts in one go, kind of by like, here's some new comedy stuff out this month, here's some new conversation stuff out this month.
that's a really, really hard question. And I don't think it matters, the distinction, necessarily. But I think that podcasts feel a lot more free and a bit looser. And with some podcasts, you obviously, I think it's anyone can do it. So there's no barrier to it. Whereas if you want a program on radio before, you have to go through the commissioning process and all that and then wait and then see when it's going on the schedule and then it goes out. Um, with, you know, if, if any person wants to make a podcast, they just can. But in terms of like, I don't think that means that you should, even though you can do things you couldn't do on radio, I don't think that that means you should just absolutely do anything, but you should still have the same kind of like concerns in mind um, of content and people's well-being and things like that and things that you think about what you're saying and like, is it responsible for you to be putting out this message or whatever, but I don't know, it's kind of a bit more free. Yeah. I think um, it feels like something you can pick off a shelf in a way that you don't think of with radio is presented to you. Yeah, it's given to that's key exactly as well. It's like you you have to pick, you choose what you listen to, whereas the radio, you just chuck it on and whatever's on, it's on. Yeah, I'm just trying to showcase good stuff. And I'm really passionate about making sure that we also showcase stuff by you know smaller independent producers as well, because it's so difficult. And I think a thing that some people don't realise that's come up a lot in conversations I've had with creators is like 50% of the job is making the podcast and the creative having the idea what am I going to do what direction am I going to go in um, but then the other half is the marketing and like the hustle and thinking about am I going to try and make money from this um, am I fine not doing that like how am I going to get people to listen to it and it must be really hard and I don't personally have to deal with that as much because I have the platform with the BBC but I certainly find it difficult getting word out there about the podcast I mean I think the name podcast radio hour is difficult because it's three words that kind of come up a lot in things and on certain apps if you search for them on the program it doesn't come up or um it doesn't come up until like you know number seven or something radio for extra is kind of we call it a sister station to radio four so it's pre-recorded and there is no news or current affairs um and so it's a bit sort of lighter in tone it's comedy drama and entertainment um and it's kind of, you sometimes hear the same voices um, of continuity on 4 and 4 Extra, but when they're on 4 Extra, they'll kind of be a bit lighter and a bit more sort of, um, what's the word? Because it's not casual, it's like, it's just a bit, yeah, it's just, there's no news. So if you, if you think of it like that, it's, it's, it's the non-serious side of Radio 4 stuff. Um, although they do have like docs and stuff, but it's generally kind of more featurey docs rather than, you know, something super serious so I always used to listen to it at night when I could get to sleep because the radio 4 would like turn to world service and you just hear about some sort of activity happening somewhere in the world actually switch over to 4 Extra and it's probably just some lovely drama going on um, and it's an archive network as well it's the keeping back 4 Extra so play stuff from a while ago so sometimes you get some kind of classic copies that are like you know sometimes from like the 40s and 50s but sometimes it's kind of like 90s stuff like radioactive and things like that um, and yeah, then old dramas, old features. But then we have new stuff, so obviously my programme is all new. Um, we acquire other podcasts like Radio Lab and Moth and things like that. Um, and Comedy Club is comedy every night from 10 to midnight. And that's got um, kind of new, not not always new comedians, um, but kind of it's um, the, the, the continuity announcements are 
done kind of a week or so before, but the programmes are sometimes kind of older comedy, but not super old, as in like just from a couple of years ago. I do think Radio 4 Extra takes a lot of commissioning. There's a three-hour slot on Saturdays where they kind of have showcases that are, it's to showcase the archive, but it's, um, you can package it up. So somebody did one about like the work of Steve Coogan, and it was like three hours of stuff he's done, featuring interviews with him, and then like kind of old programmes. They kind of have music that plays in between the programmes, like in the idents. There's no like hips, there's no news, there's no weather. It's all just, um, yeah, the comedy and the drama kind of stuff. Um, whereas yeah, obviously Radio 4, you don't hear music that often, and news is at the top of every hour and everything like that. So it's kind of a, more of a structure. Um, yeah, for it, which is a bit kind of I, like I said, I, I do kind of think of my programme as a podcast that happens to go on the radio. But obviously I do have to bear things in mind because it's going on the radio and it's got an audience on Radio 4 Extra who are people who might not want to listen to podcasts. So at, at first it was difficult of balancing, well, is this programme for people who listen to Radio 4 Extra, don't even know what a podcast is and want to find out more? Or is this a programme for people who do know about podcasts and that uh, want recommendations and want to hear about industry news and stuff like that? I have started to go down the latter route, really, because that's what I'm more interested in. And I think one of the key things which sounds absolutely mad that this didn't occur to me earlier was I was like, I need to make a programme that I want to listen to. Because for a little period of time, I wasn't like, I wasn't first, I never got bored of it. And then it was like, I wouldn't want to listen to this. What am I doing? Like, and I think that that's, don't do something just because you think you should. I mean, I suppose it's different because like, I was sort of given a brief. Um, but then, in order to be really passionate about something, I think you've got to make something that you want to hear. Um, and so just bearing that in mind has kind of changed my direction a little bit in the last few months. Um, well, you mentioned podcast discovery is really hard, and I completely agree with you that's an issue for us in general. Um, what, what do you use and in which ways do you find out about new things? I think it's an issue for anyone who writes or makes audio about podcasts as well as for the podcast listener. Yeah, well... Um, Choosing my guests that I have on is probably the key thing. So some people like Caroline Crampton, she is an absolute powerhouse. She listens to so many podcasts. She has a daily podcast newsletter. So I don't know. I mean, I have I spoke to her, I speak to her about it all the time about you know how she find this stuff. And she she's really old school. She has like RSS feeds and whatever. And like, I just I haven't got a brain on that. I don't do that. Um, and then this this job is kind of I never switch off in. In a way of like, I do have to make choice very important because I've switched off. But somebody in the pub might say, exactly, I've listened to. I've got so many notes on my phone of just like, oh, such a thing, blah, 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 uh, listen to this. Like, people are always recommending me stuff, I guess, because they know that that's my job, so that's useful, actually. I do love hearing from people, and I, I do like it when people recommend their own stuff. I particularly love it when people recommend me something that isn't theirs or connected. You know, if people, it happens quite rarely, to be honest, but sometimes listeners do write in and say, hey, have you heard such a thing? We've not had these guys on yet, we'd love to hear about them. And I'm like, I want more of that, please. Because, um, I, I mean, I know a lot of it is like the self-puzzles, so I'm not like judging people when they email in and say, like, and I actively ask people to do that because I know it's hard. And so... I'm doing these monthly ones at the minute where we're kind of recommending loads of new stuff um, and I'm trying to make sure that in that, because obviously I get a lot of good companies like Acast and Spotify and tell me about their new things, um, so I will, you know, I'll include them because they're going to be the 
with these people that we're talking about and I want to pick out, you know, is this actually worth listening to? Like, is it going you know, boost up people who are just, you know, making things and going in their bedroom. So, you know, if we're talking about all the great comedy stuff, yeah, I am going to whack in a mention of, you know, a niche podcast that maybe isn't for everyone. I think as well, a thing that I think you shouldn't worry about too much is listeners in terms of numbers, because actually what you want is passionate listeners and people who really love your stuff. And if that's not many people, but they love it, then that's great. Like, I don't really look at the numbers from my program because it wasn't very big for a while and it just made me upset. Not upset, that's like dramatic. Just made me feel a bit down. You just don't know what you do with the numbers. Yeah, I'm like, is that a lot? Is that not a lot? I'm not, and to be honest, I don't really know. Um, and I honestly haven't looked at it for months, so I can tell you. Um, but I think that if you've got listeners who are really enjoying your thing and um, are coming back and they're, they're passionate about it, then that's great. And if you are making a niche podcast, to be honest, you aren't going to get tons of listeners because it's too specific. But that's fine. Well, I work in Radio 4, so I work in the newsroom and I work not in the newsroom but we're near the newsroom and like we have the news on every day so like, I am constantly seeing like serious stuff coming through and actually what I want from the podcast is a bit of a break from that I want to have a laugh um, sometimes I want to do things sometimes I want things more in depth like I love Brexit cast but I think again that is a perfect example of oh god we all hate Brexit well, Brexit cast is great and it really like breaks stuff down but it's not patronising and it's entertaining and you get to see that different side of people who you will see on the 10 o'clock news being deadly serious giving their analysis but then straight after that they're you know in the studio maybe having a glass of wine saying like oh god well, did you see this and oh well a secret source told me and I think that that's what people want is the more kind of informal fun side um, in terms of all comedians good at podcasting I don't know I suppose being being comfortable just chatting about stuff is just lend itself to it I think did that help you with your show definitely yeah I think it took me a while to relax into it as well and for ages um, the only person I was getting really good feedback from was my mum she'd be like you're speaking too fast you're speaking too fast can't so then I made myself talk as slow as and actually it wasn't and I think it's because I was nervous when I first did it you know kind of interviewing people I, I was very nervous about interviewing people when I started out actually because I had no experience doing that and I was looking around BBC because um, we have like training courses and stuff and I was like oh my god like an interview training course and I couldn't find one but to be honest like you've just got to do it I think and the main thing for that is just like do your research be prepared and then just have a conversation um, I've had Luke Jones on the show a few times as a guest and he picked up a lot of stuff from Eddie Mayer when Eddie Mayer was in PM and he said Eddie never has notes he does all his research and he writes his questions out on what he wants to ask me but he doesn't have them on the, with him it's just all in his head and obviously like he's such an experienced user that you know it's to take years to do that but there is something to be said for it in that like you can't just rely on your notes you don't have any notes right now so it's because wherever I look you'll look too yeah. which is natural again like you're a bit more you're more used to interviewing than you know journalists are and you describe this to me how you've learned about interview but when I look there for instance which I do have to see yeah, the number everyone will and it's really natural and so the more I look at my notes the more it feels like a job interview mm, no definitely I know mm. what you mean and so yeah I do I do try and write stuff down but I try not to like look at it it's just kind of like you've got it there if you need it when I used to do comedy I would write my I would write notes on my on the inside of my wrist of like just 
break down what I was going to say in my like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, where it was. Go just try and have the basics written down. What's, how did you get into comedy? What was like the first, did you go straight to doing stand up? I doing... always wanted to do it. And like, I, um, at uni, I was in a sketch group. And then I, when I came out of uni, uh, I did doing things for a year. And then I got very sad. And I was like, oh, I'm sad because I'm not doing anything creative. Um, so I actually did a course at Soho Theatre, they do like a young company thing. Um, and it was like a, yeah, like a standard course basically. But it's just quite nice because you try stuff out in front of people and everyone's really supportive. And then you all do your first gig together and it's just a really nice way to do it. And there's a few places that do them as well as Soho. I would definitely recommend it because it's just nice to be in a supportive community because there are some kind of open white nights which are really um, like hard to do and you know there's not many people there and it will be tough and scary and actually it'd be nice to be to start off where you're going to be in a supportive environment and also just kind of getting some basic tips of like thinking about who you're making your jokes about you know things like don't punch down like it's not funny to make fun of people who can't defend themselves or whatever you know like it's funnier to make fun of like the government or something like that and um, not to say you can't make jokes about anything but you know what I mean um but yeah, just like little tips like that of stuff that, you know, you might help you rephrase things. And yeah, so I did that and then I did a few, yeah, like kind of workshops at Soho Theatre and I made loads of great friends through that. And um, some of them who are doing amazingly well, like um, Olga Cock and like Hugh Davies and they, um, they're doing really well as comedians now. But I didn't go down the route of trying to do stand-up comedy as a job you have to be so committed and you have to like do gigs every night and like go everywhere and like do the circuit and like I have huge respect for people who do that and I'm quite a home bird like to come home like look after my dog like, your dog needs you your dog needs me like, um, nothing stopping you doing comedy podcasts when exactly. you've got more time well that's the thing I think it's something I would come back to and maybe do a comedy podcast at some point or but I'm enjoying presenting and that's, that's kind of different and I'd still do some comedy writing I'm writing a trying to write a like I say a play a show we don't know what it is it's like a theatre show with a friend of mine which probably will be mainly comedy based but um, yeah, you know you can always do things on the side in the background just, just because you haven't done a thing it doesn't mean that you could like never do it again and just because you put it to rest for a bit as well exactly yeah. and I think that was the thing I was just like for a bit I was doing podcast radio and I was still doing some stand up and just I was really just splitting my energy and I just felt so exhausted and actually I was like, I just need to focus on one and I chose this because I mean, it's a great opportunity to do and yeah, I enjoy kind of having the autonomy of being a producer and a presenter and choosing the direction the show's going to go in and choosing guests and kind of like curating it, but you know what I mean, like choosing the podcast and I really love it, it's really fun and yeah, I, I'd love to get like a bigger team, so we do have other producers in my department will jump in and make one every sort of six weeks basically so I can have leave um, also that I can have a week to kind of just think about I know a weekly show is a lot actually I've missed my target for Sunday but I'm probably going to edit it and put it out tomorrow yeah. like yeah I, I used to find it really hard to do people and especially I would get a bit nervous and, and I also found it is difficult because I have a guest on sometimes we kind of both interview somebody and that's a weird dynamic. And especially when I was when I was doing it with some people who were more experienced than me, sometimes they would kind of run away with it and they would just do it. And I would feel a bit like, this is my programme, like let me get a word in. 
Um, but also, I wasn't very confident, and so I wasn't really stepping in when I should have been. And basically, I just started to book people that made me feel better about myself. And kind of like, who were, when I come out of a recording session, I'd be like, oh, I feel really great. Like, they've, they've been really supportive to me, and like, we just get on really well. Sometimes you just don't have a great time. There's someone who was like awful, but you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think just sometimes people that click, and it's nothing like to do with that person, but just you know, just find find out who you work well with and like play to that, you know. And sometimes you will have to interview people who who you know, sometimes you'll interview people who you don't totally get on with those. There's some screening happening in the background. I Is it the one show? I think it's the one show or maybe someone's on Radio One, um, just so you know we're not like next to a theme park or some sort of terrible thing happening. Um yeah, and I but I think that if you've kind of practiced and you've warmed yourself up by talking to people that you really don't Do you think it has something in common with the unpredictability of comedy? Although you're, cl- you're close to the person, you have to collaborate with them. You don't know what you're getting until you've sat down and done the interview with them or been a co-interviewer with them. And with comedy, again, you don't know how, how the audience is going to be until you've walked out there. Yeah, a huge thing about reading the room and like knowing what people like and what people are going to respond to. Um, and yeah, and then kind of being able to improvise a bit. And, and also just to not panic. Also to... A main thing for comedy is if you're doing like a stand-up gig to be in control and even if you are absolutely terrified don't ever let the audience know that because then you've lost it. If you look like you're totally confident you're totally happy and you know what you're doing then that's fine and that's what I like always try and do. I mean and I am now to be honest like 99% of the time I'm really happy doing my program I'm very confident doing it. You sound like you're having fun with Yeah I'm having a good time and like it's very rare that I'm I feel uncomfortable or like oh I don't really I did a bit at the start, but that's just because I didn't have the experience. And I've learned so much, and it's been such a great like thing to be able to do. But yeah, also just kind of personally, like doing a bit more sort of personal development, thinking about like being more confident in myself and not being so self-deprecating. And like, um, I was really quite anxious a couple of years ago, and I still have issues with that, but a lot less. Um, I've really learned how to deal with it, and um, just kind of being yourself a lot more, and. Um, I got on this mentoring scheme, it was really great, um, and I just had the first session last week. I don't know who my mentor is yet, but like as a group, we all kind of did a sort of leadership skills and development, whatever. It was really good. And they made us write down, like, what's your been your career path so far? And, like, when have you, when have things gone, if things have gone well, why have they gone well? And if things haven't gone so well, why is that? And, like, what are the patterns? And, like, it sounds really silly and obvious but I realise like the times I've done well is when I've believed in myself and when I've really like asked for things and when I've felt confident that like yes I do deserve this and I am good enough and that sounds so obvious but to actually do that is sometimes hard and there's that statistic of like so um and it is it is a statistic I'm not just like making it up but that like women generally will only apply for jobs if they reach like 95% of the criteria. Men generally will apply for jobs if they reach like 40% of the criteria. And I think that, yeah, sometimes you just need to be like, oh, it'll be fine. Yes, of course I can do this. Like, let's go. Um, and yeah, just like believing in yourself. And yeah, so I did, I've done a lot of like, yeah, self, self-realisation, self-goals and whatever. But it does help. And I've just become a more confident person, but maybe that's just... Yeah. Things I'm looking for. Um, well, that's tough because I am looking for a variety, and um, I. Oh, 
Yeah, really hard. I mean, or like, at what point in production should they think about getting in touch with you, or is that helpful? Only once they've launched. Yeah. Well, no. I, so I'm I'm happy to hear from people who are about to launch um, if they can send me like a clip or a preview. Um, I also am happy to hear from people once they have launched, of course. Um, and I don't know. I think also sometimes though with podcasts. It can take you a few episodes to get into your swing of things. So actually think about whether you want people to listen to your very first one. Or maybe you want to give it like a few weeks and then be like, okay, actually now I know what to do, I've changed the format a little bit and like I've got more relaxed or whatever, is this then? And to be honest, I would say that for people starting the podcast before you even release any, make a few and like maybe consider just letting a couple of friends listen to them or something, get some really good feedback and then start putting out episodes once you've like tried it out a couple of times. I mean, it really depends what the podcast is and what it's, what the nature of it is. Um, but no, I'm happy to hear from people any time. And, and sometimes, sometimes I recommend things that you know I've not listened to loads of the episodes. I have just like had a listen to a bit of it. And if I'm not playing a clip, then I'm I'm happy to like mention things by name. Like the quality needs to be good. Um, but to be honest, that's never really been an issue. Um, no, most people. Why is yours thing different from anything else? Like, okay, if you've got a podcast about current affairs, well, why is yours different and why is yours interesting? This um, might be like, <laughs> I would like a podcast about Mercury. You know, I haven't done much like true crime recently, so I'm not that bothered about it. Like, I know obviously it's a huge genre, but too. like, I've just got a bit, I got a bit bored with it a while ago. And there's some stuff which I still think is really good. Um, uh, that, I know there's a BBC Sounds thing coming up later in the year, which is not actually true crime, but it's kind of about true crime. I don't know how much I want to say, but like, that sounds really interesting. And I am more interested in hearing, for instance, like I would love to hear a podcast like about why. Yeah, why are we so obsessed with women? Make women, up the women, biggest yeah. portion of the audience. Yeah, that's true. And um, it is one that a lot of people do go for as like a default. I mean, I always I want to hear more comedy. Totally, it's so weird, and I just love it. Um, I howl every time because it's just a stupid world. Do you know what I mean? It's just like its own universe where like lamb is illegal, and um, it's it funny because it's so deadpan. Like um, my favorite character is uh, there's this one um, Eli Roberts who's like an abattoir owner, and then he goes rogue and he starts like a cult, and it's just done so seriously. One big tip for podcasters is listen to the podcasts and it sounds so obvious but you wouldn't write a book if you haven't read loads of books like you wouldn't start if you're going to start a podcast listen to loads of podcasts listen to things that are like what you want to do and you know don't although of course like don't nick anyone's ideas and make sure your thing is unique in order to do that you need to listen to loads of stuff and see what else is out there and take ideas from other people and like, not take ideas from other people but like be inspired by other people's ideas and see where that takes you and you know to some extent kind of compare and contrast like if you're doing a comedy podcast well why not think about how a serious one is tackled the subject and then like look around things like that um, but yeah just listen to as much as you can and talk to other podcasters and talk to people tell people they're doing great things when they are um, collaborate with people but yeah I think the key thing is just like listen to as much stuff and consume as much stuff and not just podcasts as well I think also like watching TV going to an art gallery like doing something reading a book like 
is a creative thing and can inspire ideas just as much as anything else. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts and why not tell a friend too? This helps our community grow and that enables me to keep making Freelance Pod.